0: What up what up what up everybody this is double g for the fight game podcast did a few shows this week but this is this is the uh the regular show here the one that john and i do thursday night for you to listen to friday morning john what is going on i'm doing good how are you guys pretty good uh The show that I did on Sunday was with uh, Antonio Antonio The Promised Thomas, a little bit more of like a long form kind of deal that was a lot of fun to do. And then I brought back an old friend, uh, someone who I did probably, I'm pretty sure I've still done more shows with him than with you, though they were, you know, we weren't really promoting them that much, Uh, Big D, who um, he's, you know, he's kind of done really well on his own as far as, Content creation and stuff, but he and I were doing this stuff. Like I think he, I think he said twelve years ago, which is kind of amazing. Um, but he was on. We talked about WrestleMania. So uh, John and I will do a show, and then I think I'm going to try and come back on the weekend with um, a show with you, hopefully on Sunday, which is kind of the end of the whole WrestleMania madness. And then I want to, I'm going to see if Jason Hagholm wants to come back and do something on Saturday because he's someone else who I've also done lots of audio with. He and I did, you know, did podcasts probably for several months straight, Um, you know, just kind of getting the kinks out of it before you and I turned it into the Fight Game podcast. So, I may bring him in and so... this is a crazy week, and you know, I for, for whatever reason I have lots of opportunities to uh, do some shows, so we will we will be busy this week. But uh, this is this is the this is the you know, the main show that we that we do, you and I. So, uh, let's talk about uh, a little bit about the We Want Flare, the next We Want Flare that we're doing. We just finished up the Flare and Luger at Starcade, and the next show is The Macho Man and Ric Flair, WrestleMania 8. That um, that whole time period is really like the reason why I wanted to do this segment. Uh, we told like the first part of that story, which is Flair leaving WCW. And this is the second part of that story, which is Flair getting to WWE uh, e, and, you know, all the, the crazy we want Flair chants. So I figured out what show it was that I went to right after all this stuff happened. So the main event was a 10 man it was no it was an eight-man elimination tag and then without telling the audience they turned it into just one pinfall and I think sting won the match for the, for the good guys um, and I just remember like the whole night because they had to change the card because Flair wasn't on it anymore and they tried to hold off as long as possible but they did mention you know in the local ads that uh the the card was changed but i i imagine that a lot of the fans who went to that show um were you know not watching weekly television or you know some of them weren't and so that's why the we want flair stuff picked up because they realized that he wasn't there and uh and they bought the tickets to see him you know it was going to be uh flair uh, i think it's going to be flair lugu rematch but i'm not i don't remember 100 percent sure but um but yeah, so I, I I looked that up and I was reading about that just to getting ready for this show, uh, this next series with the Macho Man. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And that match is good because, you know, it did very well in our uh, in our WrestleMania matches tournament. And WrestleMania 8 is killing it in the WrestleMania card tournament. Like there's lots of nostalgia going on right now just because of the time that we're in and people are remembering old wrestling stuff. But Super, uh, super fun time in wrestling, not successful, or I would say, you know, popularity is kind of going down from, from peaks in the late eighties, but, uh, but still very memorable for me. Like the first real time for me to kind of get inside news and stuff, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a fun period. I remember it was a crazy period because I just couldn't get enough of the TV, um, especially WFTV at the time because of just flair on the television for wwf just all the time just just for me it looked awkward and strange and like seeing flair on a funeral parlor segment it was just like this doesn't look right to me right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh but the, you know once once the the rumble happened and he won the title, and then it was it was it was a lot of fun, and 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 then of course, you know we'll, we'll talk about the the match, and and WrestleMania 8, I, I, I loved that show a lot. That show was fun. I remember watching it later that evening. I went to my buddy's house. He had the black box. We I gave him a VHS VHS tape. He taped it for me. His dad was pissed again. I dad <laughs> Mr. Mr. Ng was a little upset his TV was being taken up by this silly wrestling, and we were out shooting hoops in the front, and we would kind of run back and forth and watch certain things. And I just remember like I kind of want to be in there to watch
0: the show. Yeah. <laughs>
1: then shoot hoops, but uh, we we're big into basketball then, and and so I got the tape, and of course when I got home it was too late to kind of watch it. So I had to, I really had to watch like a little bit of it, then go to bed, and I just couldn't wait to see the rest of it.
0: Yeah, that the, uh, WrestleMania seven. Uh, so the problem with uh, seven is there's like so many matches, so a lot of matches don't get a lot of time, and they they don't seem very important. But seven is a fun show. Eight is a really fun show, and then ten is a fun show. So you know, three out of those four years, WrestleMania nine is not. Very good, but there's some fun stuff on it. But you know, three out of those four four years uh, was pretty quality WrestleMania stuff. I think that helped. You know, coming out of WrestleMania three and four and five, which is like really the peak. Uh, six was was uh, a big match, but I, I don't think it hit as, as much as they thought it was going to. And then you know they 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 were you know business was going down, but they had some fun stuff on those cards. So mm-hmm. I, I I will always have a soft spot in my heart for right in that sweet spot of seven, eight, and uh, nine and ten. And just WrestleMania eight just looks so cool to Hoosier Dome. Like it felt
1: like a major. It felt like. Not as big as WrestleMania 3, but close to it, in my opinion. That WrestleMania 3, WrestleMania 6, and WrestleMania 8 are just my favorite stadium WrestleManias just because they all look different. I know, like, later on, you know, the Attitude Era and whatnot, and, you know, and when they started doing the big stadium shows again, like, you know, they would do different sets and these really beautiful sets and extravagant sets, but, like, just something about the way three six and eight look i just i just have fond memories of that and uh, i'm so i'm I'm glad it's doing well in the in our in
0: our in our poll so I'm, i'm really excited about that all right i do want to talk about those polls the tournaments and so uh for for people who are in the facebook group they all know that we're doing tournaments for uh for best wrestlemania match of all time and best wrestlemania card of all time we talked about this last week and uh we are down to nearly to the final 4 and you know i can i can actually give people uh, a live update of how things are doing by by the time people listen to this it it'll, it'll pretty much be we'll pretty much be done with the final 4 and uh in in both tournaments but just to give people uh a little bit of uh of of an update here so Already moved on to the final four, WrestleMania X Seven, so seventeen, probably the heavy favorite to win the whole thing. Uh, that you know, that was peak, you know, peak WWE pay per view right there, two thousand and one. You know, as far as the big show is concerned. Uh, and then on the other side of the bracket, uh, WrestleMania Ten. You know, talking about the nostalgia. WrestleMania Ten beat WrestleMania Twenty. Uh, In in their matchup. So those two are in the final four. And then right now, WrestleMania 19 is beating WrestleMania 31. And it's actually... Dominating, so we can we can probably call it at this point. But uh, it's really it's really doing well. And then the other one, the aforementioned WrestleMania Eight, is beating WrestleMania Twenty Three by a large amount. So probably going to be able to call that one a- as well. So we will have a final four matchup of WrestleMania Eight versus WrestleMania Seventeen, and then WrestleMania Nineteen and WrestleMania Ten. And before WrestleMania, um, I'm not sure if the if the Tournaments will officially be done by Saturday or Sunday, but by this weekend, we will crown the greatest WrestleMania ever. And so for the matches, <clears throat> the matches have been interesting to me because, again, nostalgia has been has been doing very well in this tournament. Uh, in, in one on one side, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, WrestleMania 13. That's, you know, that that's going to do well in any kind of uh, tournament like this. That is uh, in the final four, and on the other side, across diagonally across the bracket, is Bret Hart and Owen Hart, which surprisingly to me beat uh, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker from WrestleMania 26. So the rematch, Shawn's, uh, you know, Shawn's retirement match, it beat it and it beat it decently too. It wasn't like it was a neck and neck match. So, and then uh, uh, on the other matchups that are going to end. Uh, Friday morning we have the other Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker match at WrestleMania 25 is losing to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat against Randy Savage at WrestleMania 3 so You know, there's a little bit of of time left for for those, but uh, you know, probably going to be Ricky and 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 Macho Man getting to the final four, and then the last matchup is uh, Triple H versus Chris Benoit versus Shawn Michaels against the TLC two match from WrestleMania seventeen, the Tables Ladders and Chairs match. So it's looking like. It'll be Austin and Hart against Savage and Steamboat and Triple H, Sean and Benoit against Bretton and Owen in the final four. And because we are kind of on this kick of, of uh, talking about this stuff, John and I rewatched Triple H against Sean against Benoit. And we'll give a little bit of a, a, a review. You know, tw- what is it now? 16 years later. Uh, yeah, we're at WrestleMania 36. So WrestleMania 20. Versus uh, so sixteen years later. We I, I mean, I've I've watched the match uh, several times since, but probably not very closely in in at least five years. So it's kind of fun to watch that again.
1: Yeah, it was good to look back at that match and and you know just I've I decided to cho- I just I chose that match. You gave me a you know a choice like what do I want to cover? Which WrestleMania match? And I just thought because you know after last week's episode covering the. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring, Chris Benoit story. I thought it'd be just kind of a nice continuation and, and cover that match.
0: Yeah, so uh, I guess to kick the to kick off the show. So just um, uh, a couple of things. Uh, like I said, you know, no, we want Flair this week, so we'll kind of we'll substitute with the Triple H and Benoit stuff, and you know, the the Wednesday night reviews that we usually do. The shows are. So different, and you know, it's kind of unfair to really critique them from you know this the way that we were doing it. So, we'll still talk about it, but you know, we won't go super long and in depth, uh, like we had been before the uh, the shutdowns took over. So, we're going to talk about that, but you know, the first two things before we go to break, uh, I just wanted to give folks an update on the Jim Ross book. Uh, Jim Ross, a lot of people probably who listen to this would have heard him on uh, Wrestling Observer Radio over the weekend with Jim Valley and uh, Big Dave. And I don't mean to come across that the book is disappointing in any way because Jim is he's a familiar voice. And I like, like, I can, I'm reading the book and I'm hearing his voice. So it, it just makes you feel good because he's like the, he's your announcer, right? If you've been watching wrestling for the last 30 years, he's your guy more than likely. Uh, the problem that I have with it, and I'm, I'm nowhere near being close to finish, you know, I'm maybe 20% through, is um, at the, the first book, Slobberknocker, he comes to a point at the end of that book where he's ready to debut at WrestleMania nine and he's wearing a toga and everything. And then like, he kind of stops the book there and it's like, okay, my second book will be about WWE. And so I open the book and the first chapter is about WrestleMania 15. Because if you remember, he's taken off TV because he's got the Bell's palsy stuff going on. And so, uh, Michael Cole is on the call with Jerry Lawler on that show and Rock and Austin went to Vince and they wanted JR to call their match because it was the main event. And they just thought, you know, this match has to have JR on it. So he gets to call one match on that show. And then so a lot of it is just about sort of his insecurity and, you know, having the Bell's palsy and not knowing if he's going to, you know, be the lead guy again and really believing that he should be the lead guy again. So uh, that's it starts there. So it starts fine. But I wanted to read... From like the WrestleMania 9 time, because I know a lot about the Attitude Era stuff. But I guess, you know, when you're trying to sell a book, you know, people probably don't really care that much about the WrestleMania 90, you know, the WWE 1993 timeframe because the business is down and it's up in 99, right? Like it's up and it's nuts. So I I sort of get it, but I wanted to, you know, I was like, oh, maybe he's going to talk about, you know, what he was doing back then when he wasn't like one of Vince's top guys. So, uh, but that's, you know, early review. I'll hopefully I'll, I'll have most of it done the next time we talk. And if there's anything interesting, I'll mention it. Uh, but let's talk about the new Jack, Dark Side of the Ring. How, what did you think of this episode, especially after watching, you know, the Benoit episode, which left all of us sort of like feeling, you know, weird and emotional and frustrated. And so this was uh, this was the technically the third episode because they count that Benoit one is two. But, you know, second second week of, of Dark Side of the Ring. Um, I thought this
1: this was the one of the weakest of the. All the dark side of the ring, especially, you know, it was going fine. It was fun. I like the beginning part, the early stuff with Jim Cornette talking about how he, you know, discovered New Jack in a small indie in Georgia and, you know, you know, decided the, you know, see seesaw guy that could talk and cause, cause anger to the crowd and get some great heat and perfect for his, you know, as he said, his redneck audience of uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And all that stuff was fine. Um, The mass transit stuff, um, to me, I just I never I didn't like seeing it when I first saw it back in the day. I I remember I didn't even want the I didn't want to see it. And all of a sudden, I remember it being on like someone nice to get ECW tapes from like included it like on the end of one of the tapes I I you know ordered or
0: so. So can you lay out that time frame for me because. I was never really a tape trader, and I was never really into ECW, like, at, at all. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I never went out of my way to try and find the shows. Um, You know, I know that it wasn't really out uh, out where we were, like, you know, to watch weekly for a, probably a long time. Um, But, like, so, you know, when you're trading tapes back then and you hear about this thing, like, is it, like, a hot thing? Is it something that a lot of people – are you know trying to find um like like what was the what was it like back then when you're you know when you're hearing about this stuff well back then I was like
1: into a little bit of the blood and the guts of ECW and what what they what what they're selling right and I remember I was on the boards and stuff back then back then that would be that would have been American Online Grandstand forums, which you know ha- had a wrestling section and a bunch of different boards and people chatting about stuff. There's ECW board. Brian Pillman had a board. Johnny V Bad had a board actually, and I actually got autographs from them. They they say send me your address and they send you their little eight by ten with the picture. And I have one of both Johnny V Bad and <laughs> Brian Pillman signed. And that's also where I met my uh, my friend um, Mike Lockwood, who ended up being Crash hauling in the WWF. Um, that's how we got to hooked up and be, became friends and and um, he was the first guy to kind of really open up the business to me beyond, you know, what I thought I already knew at the time. And mm-hmm. so ECW, of course, in the 90s online was, it was a hot thing, kind of, you know, kind of just like AEW was, uh, or the, the elite were starting to mm-hmm. heat up, you know, this is a full on promotion already going at the time. And... I only saw stuff I read in the magazines, right? And so everything, all these great pictures from the Wrestling Illustrated magazines and the Family Magazines, the Wrestler, Inside Wrestling, etc. I just couldn't wait to see this stuff, especially Sabu, right? So I was totally into Sabu and this guy seems crazy and seeing all those wacky wild pictures of him doing crazy stuff. So I really wanted to see that stuff. So uh, with online, um, on the message boards, we started tape trading and or buying tapes, mostly was just trading at the time, and there was a gentleman, God, got such a long time ago, he would make me six-hour tapes of ECW TV. So I would get, you know, every few months, I would get, like, you know, a, a tape of six hours of wrestling, and I would get some of the commercial tapes from him. And one of the commercial tapes he gave me was... Uh, I think it was like a, I think this was like ninety seven. I believe this is like ninety seven. So I forget what show it was, but in the end, it's, I remember on the on the tape it said whatever that show. I really wanted maybe it's Valentine's Day massacre or something like that. And it says slash mass transit. And I remember reading about it on the boards. And when you hear people describe it, it was gruesome and gross. But like, there's a lot of blood already in wrestling, right? Especially at that time period. You said. So it didn't really like think of anything special until I watched it and you just, you know, see this poor kid shooting out, shooting out blood. I mean, it's, I mean, they do really, they, well, they blurted out right in the, on the documentary on dark side of the ring, but it was like shooting out like boom, boom, like every heartbeat, boom, boom, boom in the air. It was freaking gross. And I don't, and I remember watching it and even though I was like into the blood and the guts and I was excited, like that was different. That, like, totally turned me off and actually made me kind of queasy. And I I don't think I ever saw
0: it again until this documentary. Okay, so I think the the problem that I'm going to have this season is that I think they're going to dial up the sensationalism. And I understand why, because you are putting together a TV show that you want people to watch. And how some of that you do is you create drama, maybe, you know, where there is some, but then you just dial it up, right? This is just sort of pro wrestling in a documentary version. Uh, and so I'm going to, uh, you know, I, I, I don't really like this as a subject, uh, though I didn't know, I don't, you know, I know enough about him, but I didn't know a lot about him because I wasn't watching the product. So that was kind of fun to see, uh, you know, a lot of things that I didn't know about. But I just found him, New Jack, Jerome Young, as so unlikable Mm -hmm. and so despicable. And the way that he was talking about uh, the, the drugs that he was doing, just like, oh my God, like, you know, who like the promoters who were paying you money to put you in the ring with the other guys who, you know, you were being really dangerous with like, that's like some risk right there. Like that frustrated me, though. It's kind of hard to get mad at something, you know, 25 years ago. But like, I, I just didn't like him as a lead character. So, it probably biased my thoughts about the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, no, he didn't come
1: off well. I mean, even at the end of the documentary, he's you know they asked him who would who, how did like this movie to end? if They made a Hollywood movie. He's like, oh, in a wheelchair, laughing on cocaine. Right, like, yeah. that's where you see your like <laughs> life ending, you know. Um, but you know, he's also a worker. He's yeah, you know. He's, he's selling this character still. you know. He sees an opportunity to get his name back out there with oh, the yeah. documentary. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So, I'm sure he sees, hopefully, more bookings out of this. And, unfortunately, his timing is bad because there's no bookings going on right now. And by the time we we'll probably start getting things going, people will already forget right. to book new, new, new Jack, unless it's for some kind of autograph thing. So,
0: but, so um, Big Dave had a story on uh, Wrestling Observer Radio. He said at Roland's funeral, which you were at, I'm assuming. Yes. So he said that, um, who was the guy that, that uh, New Jack was working the program with on that? Vic Cap- Grimes. Vic, Vic Grimes. Yeah. He said that at Roland's funeral, that Vic Grimes said all of the supposed heat with New Jack was just all a work. 100%. that's what really pissed me off about this. This, this
1: documentary, and like I said, everything was going fine until we got to the Vic Grimes stuff and they really made him look bad and and it really, really, really pissed me off. One, because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Mike Lockwood. Well, Mike Lockwood invited me to APW. Um, the second person to kind of open up and take me in was Vic Grimes, TJ. And and so I always have a special place in my heart for Vic. He's a crazy nut um, he, back then in 1997, when I first saw him at BW, he was trying to be Mick Foley, you know? So he would do stuff like climb. We had a, a roll down garage at the garage and he actually climbed, climbed it. There's like these little, you know, as you roll down as you can, you know, pull it down by the, by the little handles on them, And he like climbed it up and actually did a somersault through a manager through a table that actually was like one of the first gifts in 1997, like was shared online. And that's how he kind of got recognized. The APW got recognized just from that one bump. And, and so, but he was really cool. And, t- and, and like I would have, there's there's a, there was a Lions and Hayward like down the street and we would be there after shows till like six in the morning. I mean, we leave daylight, you know, but we would just talk wrestling the whole time and he would just be really open about it and honest about it. He was a really, really good guy. Um, he had his demons, he had his troubles, um, especially later on in, in ECW, XPW, even really bad in XPW, which was, I mean, you talk about the drugs and you talk about the alcohol and ECW, like XPW for a short period of time was probably 10 times worse in the locker room. It was, I mean, you had drugs, you had alcohol, you had porno stars, you had all this just craziness. And, um, so I'm watching this documentary and, you know, like, you know, calling Vick scared up there and you can just tell something is not right when they're on that scaffold this is a first bump out of ECW pay-per-view where he said Vic was scared. It was, they, they weren't, Vic wasn't ready in position. And New Jack wanted to go, but Vic wasn't ready. And that's, and that's, it just was mistimed and, and it got messed up. Um, both men's fault, in my opinion. And it's just unfortunate that Vic landed on on New Jack and, and injured him. Um, The match at XPW was a t- total work. Because first of all, if anyone thinks that was real, then they're, they have to really look at it deeply. Like, first of all, the taser was a work, right? You're not going to tase someone that much and pick him up and throw him off mm-hmm. a scaffold. You're not going to be able to shoot, throw a guy, and he's going to do a forward roll bump off the, off the scaffold, right? They're cooperating each other. They're working together. The punches they're throwing were work punches, right? It was <laughs> it was such bullshit and it really upset me. They they really made, you know, Vic look bad. And the only thing unfortunate about that bump in XBW was that Vic jumped too far out. And he's lucky, thank God, that you know, he just broke his ankle, but god, he could have been he could have died. And and he was inches away from dying. And and it was very scary and I, that really upset me, and honestly, that like like killed the rest of the show for me. You know, the whole thing with the guy in freaking Florida, the guy or that he was, was, stabbing, was stabbing or stabbing him. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that looked a little. That looked real. The Gypsies Joe one was freaking nuts. Like that was, that was insane. And but the Vic Grind stuff really upset me, and because, um, and I I just you know it's funny. I decided to check you know uh, Vic's uh, Facebook Mm -hmm. some friends on there and someone tagged him in the post and he was like all bullshit 100 which i already knew yeah and here's the thing that i already knew they never talked to him and why did i know that because if you remember earlier they like for example the ben wad documentary they said kevin sullivan refused to comment right 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 they did not once talk to vic they did not once put that up there they and as he said on facebook and it wasn't like he put a post and it was defi- you know he, he just quickly said a uh, respond to a comment like someone asked him did they ever call you to this he's like nope never because <laughs> they're creating this narrative of this crazy moment in this crazy guy's career right yeah yeah and that's what they're selling they're selling stories so that that really 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 disappointed me about you know the sh- the, the, the documentary and and then maybe even going forward to future shows you know now i'm really going to be like maybe
0: Watching even a little closer for bullshit now. And, well, I mean, it go, it goes back to I think I mentioned this on the last show, where one of the one of the guys who who worked on uh, on some of it said, "Look, like you know, they they want more Bruce Pritchards and they want less Dave Meltzers. Like that's just what mm-hmm. what the deal is for for this season because they are trying to draw you know a larger audience, and I I get it as long as you know these stories." Uh, don't recreate history, you know. Like I, I, I would feel, you know, pretty bad if I was if I was Vic too. But maybe at some point, like he also gets it. He's like, "Yep, yeah, like that's what New Jack's gonna do in this situation." That's just sort of like what you know, people who are still in the business at this time, you know, would do. Whatever. I, I don't know if he would think that, but, um, but yeah, that that's I, I think that's why with this season, um, you know, you're kind of watching kind of wondering, like, hmm, is that true? Is that true? I'm kind of wondering. I'm not sure. Though, you know, the Ben Waddock, I thought, was well done to the point of where the only thing I questioned was them making Eddie Guerrero uh f- as flawless as they made him when we know that he had his own troubles and you know he was jacked up on stuff when he died and it wasn't just you know random heart failure from someone who was uh you know was whatever like yeah. there was there was other reasons and and they they didn't want to tell that story that's fine but you know so we'll see and 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 like you i will kind of you know have uh, have a wonder about certain things until we get more information or someone debunks it or you know whatever so but i want people
1: out there who, who watched it and they may not don't 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 know the story and they just thought they saw what they saw on the documentary and said oh this guy vic grimes he seems like a a coward or a pussy like no no vic was neither that he was a really good guy had his demons, like I said earlier, all that. And he admits it. Now he's a, uh, he's a uh, pasture and of a, uh, you know, and he did Roland's funeral for free. Um, Yeah. You know, he's uh, he, now he just enjoys riding with his uh, biker gang group. Not gang, I should say that. <laughs> <The>
0: biker group.
1: <laughs> and uh, he, and he enjoys, you know, he's really, uh, you know, a man of the faith now, which is crazy to think of. But, you know, but like, like I said, then when I started out or, when I got involved in wrestling as a volunteer at APW, there's four guys that really gave me time and opened up the business to me. And that was Mike Lockwood, who ended up being Crash Harley. At the time, he was wrestling as Aaron O'Grady at APW, um, Vic Grimes, Michael Modest, and Robert Thompson. So those guys will always be a special place in my heart. And like Vic was a big guy, he was a, a huge man but like a big teddy bear and just wanted to be nice to everyone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes didn't use his head and would do stupid shit and say stupid shit to piss off like, you know, Roland Alexander, yeah. the the yeah. time. But, uh, you know, he was unique and sensational and a lot of people don't, I don't know if they know the story, but you know, of him and crash being signed to WWF, what's a crazy story is it crash. He was signed because he was, had a great tryout with, Vic Grimes Jim Cornette saw a videotape of Vic Grimes versus Aaron O'Grady at the garage it went like 30 minutes he's like man this big guy is doing all this shit and it's like 30 minutes in right amazing so he got them a tryout I think that was in uh, Davis I believe and um and they killed it they had one of the best tryouts everyone was raving out in the back the boys were watching the back They was sold out at the, at the curtain for their match And the match was so good that not only were they there to sign Vic Grimes if he did well, but they signed Aaron O'Grady and they signed And so, but unfortunately, Vic, you know, he didn't, I don't get what, you know, it wasn't, he's just, I don't think that the politics of that of that world was really working for him they tried mm-hmm. to send the memphis to get seasoning he did that um they sent to ecw to get some more seasoning to maybe get a character and get over that um he was supposed to be kilo a gangster a cocaine dealing gangster oh wow him, yeah they made him dye his hair bleach bleached like white and he his eyebrows white and basically like like a motor Mordecai right Mm -hmm. look but like with a suit and everything and he was supposed to be this kilo k-i-l-o and basically for you know kilo for drugs and he was supposed to um be this drug dealing gangster and one day he was at tv and had one of the biggest no-nos you can ever do in wrestling business and you know what that is that is not bringing your wrestling gear oh wow so he just made some stupid mistakes, and he would admit it too to this day. So, but yeah, Vic was a a really, really good guy, and, like I said, always a gentle
0: giant in the wrestling business. All right, let's quickly go to a break and do this read live for bet online, our partner. Uh, with currently no NBA NHL or MLB. You might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're not into sports, but you still want to do some betting, you're into props, entertainment, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather and as we will talk about in a second you can bet on WrestleMania matches i just put i just put a few a few uh, bet online dollars on naomi coming away with the title cuz there's just good odds on her i don't think she's going to win but i couldn't pass up the odds so visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit be sure to use promo code bluewire bet online your online wagering experts. Okay, so let's uh, let's get to the rest of the stuff that we wanted to talk about. I don't think this is a surprise to anybody, but uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov said that he is not fighting. He, he can't... He, I mean, re- realistically, he can't really get out of Russia anyways. And Tony Ferguson, I think, has been... Um, I, I, I guess he, you know, he was he was very aggressive on, on this one about Khabib, but maybe he's changed his tune a little bit. Conor McGregor uh, was kind of digging uh, on Khabib a little bit, but you know, if Dana White thought that this show was uh, necessary or happening. Uh, you just lost the uh, main piece of, of that draw there. So I mean, I don't know what he's going to do. I would hope that he would cancel, but you know, I have folks on our board on our uh, in our Facebook group saying that you know the ESPN deal could be you know you don't make any money if you don't put on shows, so that that could be. But you know, Dana, I'm, I'm sure is getting pressure from his bosses to to do stuff because Endeavor ha- had a big layoff recently. So uh, I I hope that they can just you know really you know like i know there's there's a little bit more planning involved than just like all of a sudden having these super cards you know once we're back in business but you know if you just save some of these fights man like the the end you know the last quarter and a half for ufc could be really amazing but uh you know dana dana's dana and he's tr- trying to make stuff happen he's probably you know you know the thing that's probably eating him up is like why can vince do this and why can tony khan do this and i can't do this so i, I wonder if that's a little bit of the uh of the frustration for him too can we just get someone to get dana white lock him
1: in the tough enough gym or tough the, the, the ultimate fighter gym and just leave him there to his quarantine's over
0: Tito this is what I was saying we need to we need to get him and Tito back to like trash talking so he gets his mind taken off of stuff yeah and they want to do that fight they should just do it (laughs) like no you know at the at the uh,
1: ultimate fighter gym just Mm -hmm. just like like lock him away like Dana just shut up really like I just seen all the stuff it's just daily, and it's just, like, annoying, and, and like, dude, it's not going to happen. There's bigger things going on in this world right now than this stupid fight, you know. We will we'll, we'll patiently wait, and people will spend a lot of money when they have time to spend the money on this stuff. Just, just, just relax. And like you said, like, you know, of course, planning and fighters need a peak at a certain time and all that stuff, but, like, they're, if they play their cards right, yeah, there could be some awesome super cards, hopefully.
0: At the at the last quarter of this year, WrestleMania, D- Danny, Big D, and I talked about it on uh, on Wednesday night or Tuesday night. I you know I, I think I've been pretty consistent in my thoughts. You know I understand you know the whole thing. I'm not as interested in WrestleMania as uh, I would be in normal circumstances, and I think that's probably true for a lot of us. Uh, is there any one single match? Uh, Saturday or Sunday. Actually, we don't even know what what days they're wrestling. But is there any one or two single matches that you're like, I'm excited for this, and I can't wait to see this match? Um, I'm st- I'm still excited for, well, I'm excited for Shayna
1: and Becky, mostly the result, and um, also I'm excited for Drew and Brock too as well. I'm looking forward to that matchup as well. I'm just I'm just so bummed that it's, you know, going to be in a empty building and all this stuff. And so I'm, it's down big time, but you know, I'm still, of those two I'm, matches I'm, I'm looking forward to, to see, but everything else, I'm like, I'm just like, I'm bummed, man. I'm just, I was just depressed even watching
0: Wednesday about this, you know, I just, I'm just fo- so focused on the real world right now. The matches, I, when I was talking to, to Big D, I was saying that the two matches that aren't you know, that, that don't have tons of stakes and that I think they'll be able to pull it off uh, with the empty arena stuff is Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens and Seth. I just think that, you know, the, uh, obviously the crowd is is half of the whole game, but I think those guys are creative enough, all four of them, to do something in a, in a ring that will be compelling. I'm not convinced that the rest of the show will be like that because I do think part of this, and I, I do want to get your take in a second on on Brock and Drew, but part of this, especially if if the idea is that Drew's going over to culminate the new king, God, you know the if he wins this match, and there's no crowd pop, well there won't be and you know what do you bring people into the ring to put them on their shoulders like i don't I, I mean what what happens like how can this even be any sort of important moment at all in the empty arena like they're doing and so that's the part of it that i'm 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 I, I just can't see how it's it's it could be compelling if he wins and i don't want to see him win this match like i really don't but i don't want to see him lose either so how would you book something like this if you know, knowing that, you know, he could win the title and it will be the flattest, you know, world title change in the history of the WWF. I think you have the baby... Fa- oh, here's
1: the, here's the thing too, though. Like, the 10-person rule, right? If you have, like, a mm-hmm. big group of baby faces swarming that ring, like, does that break that up? Is that going to, you know... But, I mean, this is taped before, so who knows what he did. Um I would, that's what I would do. I'd have people come out to celebrate with him. I would have him, you know, shaking hands with all the the officials, even Vince McMahon. I would have Vince McMahon come out there and shake his hand. Um, I would have Triple H and Stephanie, all of them out there. And I would have um, him do a promo, uh, a very long promo, talking about not only his win and beating Brock Lesnar, but talking about what's going on in the world. This is a perfect opportunity to talk about, you know, everyone's sacrificing to on their part to put on an entertaining show for the fans at home who are stuck in their houses, who are doing their doing what they're you know doing their quarantine and shelter in place because because you know we're trying we, try, we got to get past this and we have to you know everyone has to do this to get this done so we can get back to normal living et cetera et cetera et cetera et cetera like I and he can do it because I've seen him do stuff great promos to end shows mm-hmm. he did it for his whole indie run after he was fired by wwe when he got in the indie runs like he would always do like these amazing pump you up babyface rah oh, yeah. oh, promos yeah. um people talk about cody's you know uh, promos like that but like i thought drew i mean i think drew was just a, just a tad bit better honestly and so i think that's how i would close it and of just, uh, you know, it's gonna, you know, that's the way you do it because it would take it from, yeah, there's no pop when the three count hits, but I think it still could be memorable if he can do that promo. And I think he, and I know
0: he can. So that's how, how I would book it. All right. So, plan is for us to still do something this weekend, probably on Sunday, maybe to recap Sunday and then get your thoughts on Saturday um won't talk too much more about Wrestlemania cuz like I said we did the preview show with with Big D and uh and yeah so you know that that's something to look forward to I I the one thing I'm looking forward to is on Wrestlemania Saturday which I never thought I would say mm-hmm. um I am going to finally see my kids because I haven't seen them since they've been back from Arizona because we wanted the whole, you know, two weeks or whatever uh, quarantine. And so, you know, we'll still practice our social distancing, but I am going to go to the house and we'll watch WrestleMania together Uh, so that'll be fun on on saturday and then uh you know watching it with our our facebook group uh is is a lot of fun for me uh you know there are you know everybody is just like so uh wanting to, to communicate and anything you know that can actually get your mind off of what's going on is is uh is a bi- is a, a big thing that people want to do so uh on our facebook group we will have live chats going on for both saturday and sunday and then crossing my fingers that we'll also have two podcasts uh saturday and sunday for uh for the shows as well yeah and uh, back to your point on seth
1: versus uh seth versus kevin owens um i have a good feeling that's gonna be one of the better matches on the show when people talk about it at the end so we'll see
0: yeah, no, I hope so. I, I, I really, you know, we, we've talked about it. I, I've, I've been such a big Kevin Owens fan for the for the last couple months, and I think he's doing a great job. And you know, he's he's there. What's interesting is as they're doing, you know, because of the the shutdown, and I, I feel like it's almost more important for the promos to to hit, and he's been you know, maybe he is a shade under Randy Orton and Edge, but I feel like he's like right there with those guys in these last few weeks. I'm telling you that Owens has always been a baby face.
1: And now that he is a baby face, I, you know, I'm, I'm liking him more before I was, I was, you know, hot and cold on, uh, on Owens. But now as a Bayface, I I think this is his perfect role for him. I think people love to get behind the guy. Um, he has that everyman man uh, look that can connect to the audience and attitude. And he gets a good talker. But like, to me, when he's a heel, he's kind of being so funny, like I can't, he can't really get the heat, in my opinion. But as a Bayface, it's
0: perfect. All right, before we talk about the Wednesday night stuff, and like I said, we're not going to deep dive into it probably a little unfair if we did. Uh, You are going to write, you've written something that we'll publish on Friday about Russell one and you, uh, you know, your opening sentence or your opening paragraph uh, had a little bit to do with just thoughts on your own promotion and how it ended. And now, you know, you're sort of feeling, you know, bummed out, you know, that Russell one has ended as well and has gone out of business. Um, But, you know, just give, uh, you know, preview what you are, uh, what you've written and what will be published on Russell One for people who want to read it tomorrow.
1: Oh, I just kind of dive, you know, I just, I wasn't really going to write, I was, I think I was going to, I was thinking about something to write about Russell One and, and then um, it wasn't until yesterday I got a, a DM message on Twitter from a friend of mine in Japan who I only met through Twitter who... Um, he's a big Wrestle One fan. I stumbled across him on Twitter looking for WrestleOne news and whatnot. And he's very recognizable. He's a, a larger man, young man, and he always wears a tiger mask at these shows. And he's always by the entrances taking pictures. Like, I, I see him on every show. And it was just funny. I saw him on Twitter, so I, you know... You know, he followed me, followed me back. I DM'd him. And so we've had a nice, like, correspondence, a uh, pen pal, if you will. Um, and so he wrote me after the last show on on April on April 1st saying how sad he was. But he was, you know, and it's funny. The translation is always, like, very, like, literal, you know. And uh, it, he was just like, I'm glad that, you know, everyone in the game was healthy at the end. And, you know, he was just, but he was at these, uh, I'm glad that Wrestle 1 brought me a, a foreign, a friend from, you know, a foreign friend, he said at the end. And that just really touched me. And, you know, we would talk about watching a show together live and in person at Wrestle 1. He told me he'll buy me a shirt when I get there. And I was telling him, I said, you know, you, you know this. And, you know, my, my bucket list trip is to go to Japan and watch wrestling mm-hmm. out there. So, um, so that really hit me in the heartstrings. And I wanted to write about my love for Russell one, my, my rediscovery of Russell one, my fault, my love of the talent that I, you know, discovered when I started rewatching it in 2017. And at the end, I was talking about my friend Ryu. So, um, it was just a nice, I just, I just felt like I needed to get it out. And, uh, and I'm, I'm glad I did. I really, really felt good after I was, I was, I was done with it.
0: Okay. So that'll be up on Friday and I will tweet it out and, and, and all that stuff. So, uh, Quickly, Wednesday nights shows we had AEW from I guess we figured out is from QT Marshall's gym. And NXT was, you know, sort of their normal what they did last week uh in in uh in their is it was it at full sale this week? Uh was it full sale? It looked like full sale to me. Yeah, I think I it think was so. full sale. Yeah, it was full sale, yeah, it was. Okay, so I'm gonna lead with something which is a negative thing and I don't want to be too negative on these shows because you know they're sort of working uh, a little bit with a uh, with a handicap being the times. Sam Roberts wins 2020 worst announcer for... Me. Oh dude, I I was
1: that brought the show down so much. and I'll tell you what my wife, Katrina, does not watch too much wrestling anymore with me. You know, she's probably more annoyed I watch it because I always watch it too much. And she's sitting there getting stuff ready for the baby for the nighttime. And I have it on and she's like, God, who is that talking? And I was kind of explaining who he was and how annoying it was and how I was upset about him being on there. And she was like, he, he is annoying. I just can't like, 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 and it was almost honestly, like, if it wasn't for... Us reviewing this And I I do care about The athletes of NXT I really like a lot of them I continued on But like If I'm just like A casual fan Like he's not Doing a great job As getting heat He's saying stuff That's ridiculous Um He was horrible And it's like He was the guy That you had there The All the guys That are available He was the only guy I mean there had to be someone else better. Anyone, a wrestler that maybe won't be wrestling on that week's TV, but could get some time in and, and get his personality
0: over as a color
1: guy. It's just really just drove me nuts watching this show.
0: Okay. So what does WWE get out of him doing that? Cause like you said, there's probably uh, a couple people available that, uh, that would do a better job than him, but they, they knowingly put him in this position uh, I, I would assume he talked about it on his radio show, or maybe he's got a big Twitter following. But like, what what is the reason? Like, why did they feel the need to put him on here? I have I have no idea. Like, I don't know what how
1: how much of impact he or social influence he does have. Like. I don't know and to, and just to me it, it would if he does have this big social influence was it really that much to really you know bring your show down because like he took away a lot of from a lot of great matches and i thought nxt had a, a really good a lot of good matches that are really good and competitive and some of the stuff he would just chime in with is like oh man and and uh, todd uh what's name? todd phillips is really good mm-hmm. i think he's very very underrated under a uh, guy and um he was doing his best what he is working with, but uh, but yeah, Sam Roberts just needs to go, and unfortunately, I think he's going to be
0: there for the rest of these kind of, these tapings they did. Unfortunately, so we I mean, we could stay here with NXT. I will say the uh, the triple threat match. I want to see this match with a crowd. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. The effort was there, but just because of the setting, it was probably like a B minus version of what they could do with a full crowd and with a hot crowd. Uh, and and it, you know, it's almost like when you that they have a certain style that they work, which is really for that crowd. And when you try to do a similar match to what you would do in front of the crowd, it comes off a little flat. And so, I, I mean, I'm not discounting, you know, how hard they tr- they worked and, you know, a lot of the fun three-way spots that, that were in there. But it just, you know, it's like, oh, like, I just wish this was in front of a crowd. Yeah, no, no, I, I know me too. I was definitely
1: missing the crowd in this match more than any match on this sh- on this show they you i can just like there'd be moments that i could see the crowd just going nuts over um and it was
0: almost like they kind of forgot right like they were like we're like oh this is not gonna happen <laughs> yeah
1: it, it was it's just it's, it's unfortunate it's not their fault it's no one's fault it's just what we're that they work with but uh but yeah that, that match when it came like you know, I'm pretty good with these no crowds watching these matches. They don't really uh, bug me as much, but for some reason that this one did of all all the matches they've since they started this uh, no audience show.
0: I will say that again. I thought Raw was the best one of the three that that were. I mean, I'm, I'm not watching SmackDown, but because uh, Raw has the and and it's so funny because when i watch raw i think a lot of the talking is really bad but for whatever reason because of this downtime they're like letting the i don't i don't know if it's the way these guys are produced or or whatever but these promos just feel like a lot more genuine and organic than they usually feel on raw to me so i thought you know raw was the best show um NXT, uh, the the I, I obviously I watched the clip version, so I'm I'm only watching a 60 minute show. Uh, the opener was good, um, but you know I, I felt I felt the same way that I felt since Dreams come back that he himself is just a little flat, uh, and then you know now that I can sort of hear him talk trash, it comes across a little bit phony to me. But um, the other match that I watched, uh, and, and you, you you could talk about that one if you want. But uh, the other match that I watched was the the women's match, the the women's gauntlet match, and I like the end, but the whole thing from beginning to just about the end felt really like mid card, and um, I, I just was like. Okay, like this match is, you know, they, these women are are trying and 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 you know they're they're they're. I thought the booking of it was really tight, so uh, you know they were kind of in and out. But then I watched, um, what was it? It was the sh- uh, the match with uh, Anna J on the AEW show, and I was like, Anna J, I have no idea who this person is. But she stood out as like, wow, like I wanted to know more. I looked her up on Instagram. Like I was like, who is Not this kid? Sure <laughs> like, she's very attractive. She looked like a star. And it was almost like to the point of like, shouldn't I know who this person is? And then when I watch and when I compared that to the NXT women who I do know, and I really, you know, I really like um you know, I really like a couple of them, but it just felt like this is a this is a stand-in place match until the last person comes out that we know is going to win the match. Yeah, um, uh, going earlier to the
1: Velveteen Dream and Bobby Fish match. I I like that match. That was my favorite match on the, of the show.
0: Actually, I just liked. I thought Bobby Fish was fantastic. I think this is Dream. I mean, he's awesome. You know, like it just. I, I'm just anti Dream right now. Perfect
1: style for this non crowd. I mean, it reminded me in some ways of a uwfi with you know his style the kicks and everything and and slowly working over dream I, I like the pacing i thought this was dream's best performance since his return and it's probably a lot to do with bobby fish because uh, he's such a you know, such a great great uh leader in there and uh but i th- you know i thought I'm, I'm i'm a cool dream i like him um am i ready for the talent change uh, i don't know but um I think uh you know he was super hot and somehow this injury's kind of kind of cooled him down a little bit so um maybe maybe the, the you issue mean, probably to people is, is that they rushed this main event and maybe if he if this happened in the summertime maybe people would, would be a little more into it at the time I think so I, I think mean, I, might.
0: I, I felt like he was losing steam even before he got hurt because you and I have had conversations about him and I like the character but I don't necessarily like the matches Um, but to me, like, I thought, okay, like, you know, he's, he's in some programs and he wasn't standing out as much as he did earlier. I, and I think some of that is their roster is so good that he can get overshadowed, um, in in just in the ring because we're looking forward to all of these like really good matches and he's good, like for his, for his age, Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think he, he's flamboyant and he's got the personality piece down. I I don't think he's a very good wrestler right now, but that's, you know, he's athletic. He'll, he, you know, I think he'll become pretty darn good, especially in, in, in WWE. But yeah, I was just, you know, I've, I've never been super high on him and just, I've just been down on him since, since he's been back. But can you tell me about, cause this match is not one that I saw, but what happened with the Jake Atlas match? Um, it was, uh, not a squash. It was a
1: competitive, yeah, competitive match. Mostly, you know, mostly, uh, 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 Dexter Loomis, who used to be, uh, Samuel Shaw in TNA, um, making his debut and, and defeating Jake Atlas. And, you know, it's not Jake Atlas's time. I'm sorry. I I don't know how people on Twitter reacted to it, but, um, I didn't see too much, but I thought people might be outraged, but it's just not his time right now. The kid's young very young um you okay know, but his, is it dexter loomis's time i've never even heard of that guy dexter loomis um he's i like this character he came out i never seen i'll tell you what my four-year-old daughter chloe was glued to dexter loomis i think he might have scared i was like worried because she's about to go to bed and i'm like oh shoot <laughs> man, here. he has this like wide eye doesn't blink he's uh you know, like, He's supposed to be like a serial killer, basically, right? Like a crazy man. And um, I always wonder if the Loomis part of the name came from uh, Loomis, Doctor Loomis from the Halloween movies. I have to get confirmation. Probably, on that. but um, uh, he looked great. He has a great look. Great, you know, works his character really well. Um, Atlas looks good. You know, Atlas did some things. He did. He got to show off his athleticism. Um, you know, he's okay. He's gonna be you know, not on TV a lot, probably, I'm guessing in the future. Um, then he'll re-debut re- and he'll have uh, a bigger impact. It's just not his time right now. Uh, but yeah, no, it was it was a nice, nice, uh, nice get over match for Dexter Loomis.
0: Yeah, I've only heard super negative things about that, but I, I didn't watch it, so I didn't, you know. Like I, about I the match just about, itself? Just the whole thing. Hmm, interesting. I thought he did a good job um okay so uh i think uh, what else did i miss because i can't remember what else um, was on that
1: show there was a promo with the new tag team the um the okay i saw that i saw that still kind of frustrating because i couldn't well then again you know things are my, my house gets a little loud with the kids so i couldn't make out the names or if they had a tag team name but i they look great i, I love their look i'm actually really excited about this team um and, and see more with them, um, and there's also well, you saw the gauntlet match. There was the the killer cross vignette. Uh,
0: I don't know if that was on there.
1: A little, I think the kind of the same one you saw. You know, okay, we're, okay. We're, uh, so um, that there's was there that. was there a Kushida match? Kushida and Walking Fe- uh, Walking Phoenix, Walking. What's his name? God, I forgot. The uh, only DJZ, formerly okay. DJZ in the uh, in the uh, in professional wrestling, uh, Walking Wild. Thank you. Um, um. yeah they had a really nice little technical uh, junior heavyweight match and Kushida did this I look for the clip of it like this reversal into like a an arm bar or choke or something like the way he got into it was just nutty you know nice little like nice little get over match that's also i've been having fun with these nxt shows like they're getting these guys time to have a match to kind of get over instead of going out there and just having this like has to be like a 20 minute plus match it's like go out there eight minutes or less get over you know and kind of build them up so uh, it was good
0: uh and then on the aew side I will say that the non-social distancing that was happening in the crowd was kind of frustrating for me. Like, I okay. it, it was just um, I couldn't stop watching them and wondering how close they were to each other. I couldn't stop counting people. Yeah, but, and, and well, I but but I, I, I guess there's I guess wherever they were. Didn't have that, you know, from from the state or whatever. Didn't have yeah, that. Yeah, because that
1: mayor over there is a complete idiot and not not <laughs> yeah. doing it. So straight up, I to, I'll tell you. I, I read that article and I just was furious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was really fucking the hell out of me. Um, overall, I thought the show was was fine and good, and there's some good stuff. There was, I, 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 Garrett, I just can't get in this Vanguard one bullshit. I just can't, dude. <laughs> I just, I can't. I'm just. I know Jericho's kind of a kooky guy, you know, as, as Le Champion, you know, he has a, a, a little, a little kookiness to him and, but like seeing him argue with the damn drone, it's, ugh, I, you know, I did laugh when he said, release the hounds, and his little puppies came out and he thought, <laughs> like, I thought that was, like, just funny to me, but like, I also don't want to see it with, with my, your, are your number one star, right? In the promotion. Just ver- that stuff is. I think it's just taking, taking uh, Jericho down. Honestly, and I made a joke on our our board today, our Facebook group, that um, that uh, the ratings were down for AEW because people saw Jericho <laughs> argue with the uh, argue with a uh, a drone the week before. So I mean, I was being a little sarcastic. But maybe so. I don't know if that. I mean, God, I don't I don't know like how that would really affect the ratings as much. You know, if it, we didn't have all this craziness going on in the real world but that just that just drove me insane that that segment i just don't want to see jericho in this stupid program with matt hardy i, I don't i don't want to I just too much crazy just too much goofiness i i missed those last four weeks when it was just like they cut the crap out and it was pretty good television show
0: for, Well, i mean you know. it, it was gonna continue down that path but you know they No, do but Matt Hardy's going gotcha. to show up, right? He was going to show up anyways and what was going to do? Yeah, but I mean he wasn't going to teleport and do all that stuff, I'm sure. Maybe? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Probably
1: not because he could not do it with the, the live crowd, but Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh yeah, it just, it just just frustrating me. What do so, you think of Vanguard 1?
0: Uh, I the, I mean that uh, anytime Jericho gets to do something goofy, I'm I'm pretty much in. Like it's 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 not great. It's not classic, it's not The new list, but I'm also not offended, you know, because it's just goofy. It's just they're, you know, again, you know, they're to critique this, this time period is a little hard. And so I'm just trying to like, okay, they they need, they need a segment because the Bucks are in California and they can't come. And like, you know, just, you know, they're not working with a full roster. So, um, Kenny Omega had a match uh, early on the show with uh, Trent, and that was a long match. I think it almost went to the time limit. Yeah, nineteen minutes. I, I'm I was kind of wondering. I didn't hear a lot of feedback on it, but you know, doing a long match with no crowd is kind of hard because when you, you know, when you get the heat, like the crowd is involved, and then when you get your comeback, like the crowd is involved, and so when you do that stuff with no crowd. It's not as uh, you know. It's it's not going to work as well. But because of their style, where they don't naturally get the heat and the comeback in the sort of this the natural way that pro wrestling works all the time. Um, sometimes I think it's it's the faster paced stuff is a little bit better because you don't notice that lack of crowd and you can sort of compare it to. I uh, you know there's just a. The WWE style um, sometimes is, you know, the, these you know sort of uh, putting on uh, holds or, or whatever, where they don't work for a non crowd because you know they're 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 trying to set the crowd up to anticipate when the action starts. So it's just a different way of, of putting a match together in front of an empty arena. And I was just wondering what you thought about kind of the differences in how WWE and AEW does that.
1: Um, you know, they, they, um, this match was uh, definitely Omega style. His just matches he likes. Um, both men were working hard. I mean, they're pulling out all the stops for this match. Um, I was into it. I was into it. But I, the thing I did not like about this match was the use of the pole, the power bomb into mm-hmm. the pole, simply because it didn't lead into the finish, and they continued wrestled on. And Trent was back to normal within a few minutes, right? Um, but they did have a, a long heat with Trent, uh, finally turning up the turn, turning the flipping the script a little bit and, you know, turning up the heat on Omega working on his hand and stomping on it and being a little more aggressive and working a little, a little bit of a, of a heel and, or, or dirtier, I should say. Um, but he was just taking advantage of the injury too. So I thought, uh, I thought I liked that stuff. Um, that's probably my favorite stuff in the match. Um, but that honestly, I kind of like, I was into it until the powerball on the post and then when the power on post meant nothing I was kind of like okay you know this whatever and and, and end up being and also I thought Cody took the match down as a play as a commentator guy I, I don't I don't think this is Cody's Strong suit Isby color. I know he's you know he likes to
0: say references and talk about old stuff and you know the, make the, a little inside jokes. But yeah, like, I agree with you. He he's definitely forcing the charm. Mm-hmm. But if he actually had a lead guy who knew what the hell was going on, <laughs> it would probably be better. Uh, Tony, Tony had a, a bad night as you know he he's been the lead guy two nights in a row and that's not a natural position for him these days. You know he used to do it you know in in, in the old days, but mm-hmm. uh, but. And plus Tony's been a character now. Yeah. He's
1: this like kinda goofy um like what a fan of Brit Baker, you know, she makes fun of him and, and it just kinda you know has a little thing for her. So they made him like a character. So you you kinda lose the credibility with him when he's calling this stuff. And he would kind of joke around too a lot in the and so yeah, that 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 definitely take took me out of the match, some of the matches he did.
0: Uh yeah, so you know, Cody is he's he's trying a little bit too hard. I wish he would just be a little bit more natural with it and not try to force it. But if he, I think if he had Jr, I think he would be a lot better. But Tony was off; he was missing stuff all night. Cody's having to correct him left and right, and he's calling guys the wrong name. So you know, whatever, whatever. Like, like yeah. it's not, it's not that big of a deal. But, uh, but yeah, I think you know he would be better if he had a better lead guy. Um, you had teased that you were going to talk about the Lance Archer and Marco stunt match, which a lot of people had so much fun with because Marco was just like being thrown around like a rag doll. And I don't know how many, how many things he actually got in one or two things, but, uh, but Lance Archer won pretty impressively and Marco was just being, you know, allowing himself and maybe not even having to allow himself, but he was just, you know, getting thrown.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, I wouldn't call it a really good squash match. I would call, you know, yeah, he did Lance Archer, this big monster threw the little guy around. To me, he it didn't really get Lance Archer over um, to a point where he was. If he would have squashed the guy quickly, then yeah, he would like. There's no heat by beating when Mark when you're throwing Marco around. He's making a comeback, right? um he made come back. he wasn't knocking he didn't like marching on his feet of course but he got a little too much for this quote-unquote squash match uh, first of all this match should have never been signed it should have been Marco it should have been some QT Marshall student who gets squashed in under a minute um this is a match that you should book down the line because there's a reason for it Marco shouldn't he shouldn't be signing this match right in reality right like this match like he would not be they shouldn't even book this match it's not it's not a fair contest but if marco sometime down the line you know maybe archer hurt, hurt luchasaurus and now he wants to stick up for his buddy and then and there's some match that gets forced on yeah i can see it but like just the lot just the logic of this match even happening just look look bad and plus He's, he was, I don't know, it was like he wasn't getting over by throwing him around constantly. And almost like you're more impressed with taking, Marco, Marco taking abuse. Like, you're not sympathetic to him. That's what I was hearing. I wasn't sympathetic to him. I, it should have been something really quick and sweet come in there smash people throw a guy out of the ring slamming the guardrail throwing back in big old power slam where the hell his finisher was and one two three and like oh shit man this guy is gonna mess up cody when he gets a hold of him you know but he was just it was kind of like comedy and the guys were laughing in the audience on both sides right so it to me like the it didn't feel like a squash match yeah he threw him around and he did a lot of big bumps and blah, blah blah but it didn't feel like a match where you're getting a guy
0: over big time can you do that on this show a squash match no can you get lance archer over in an empty arena show the way that you're talking about because you have yeah, to think easy. But if he just squashes a guy who is going to open their mouth wide and go, whoa, like that was, you know, that was impressive. Like nobody. There's no one in the crowd. In this case, I think because you have to be a little bit more visual, because it's it's really for the T V audience, mm-hmm. I think having him throw someone who flies halfway across the ring was visually impressive and made him look like a big dick because, like you said, it's not a fair fight, right? Like, Mm. he was just being a bully and really throwing this guy around who this fan base really loves. So I feel like because of how much, so I don't, I personally don't love Marco as much as the majority of this fan base. But if you do love Marco and you see, uh, and you see Archer come in and you're like, Oh my God, he just, you know, this is one of my favorite guys. And he threw him, halfway near across the ring, which no one has really done yet. Like, you know, Mar- Marco doesn't win all of his matches, but he's competitive, you know, in mo- even with a lot of these bigger guys, they-, they allow him to do stuff, you know, with them. In this case, you know, he got one thing or whatever, but like, I feel like the visualness of Marco being tossed and Archer being like, you know, this big bully and laughing and pushing, you know, the people are ringside. I thought the visualness of that worked really well. This is how you do it. You have a QT
1: Marshall student who gets an entrance. Who Tony Giovanni and I think Boom a Colt was on commentary right at the time. Put this kid over. Who this kid is? You know he's a top student. You know of QT Marshall's. He's a lot of potential. AEW is very high on him. Um, this is a, a, a tough test for him. But if he he just put, puts a great effort, this would be a you know either winner or, wins or loses. You know the, the efforts there, you know it could really impress. AEW officials and earn some sort of contract here, and Archer comes out, big boot, bam, starts beating the shit out of the kid. Takes a bump out of the ring, you throw him into the guardrail, smash. Throw him to the other guardrail, smash. Throw him to the ring post, smash. You know, and then you throw him back in, and bam, big move again. You you do a big move, bam, one, two. You pick him up. Look at the ref, no. You do it again, boom, big move. You pick him up, no. I'm not gonna get the count. Then he finally has his finisher. And the crowd of, and the play by player, everyone is silent and horrified about what this Lance Archer just did to this young kid. He just damn near murdered him in front of their eyes. And then you make it to where that kid gets stretchered out. It's taken seriously. It's get you know, no one's laughing.
0: Even the heels are like shaking their head like, man, that was... So I I like that, but does that have anything to do with Marco stunt? You don't because you, you, because know, you can don't, do the same thing with him. You, you, what you're saying is that the announcers and the people ringside they should have acted a little bit differently.
1: Yeah, yeah, and also I don't think booking Marco is the way to go because once you see that match, you know Lance Archer is going over right? You know he's you know he's going to destroy this kid. That's fine. It's nothing shocking, you know. You but you have a kid that you're building up that looks like an athlete that actually looks like a man that can look like maybe he can you know give Archer a a, a true test maybe and he's gonna be impressive. Look like he can beat like beat someone. Then Archer can get over by beating someone archer is already you know no one believes marco's gonna win so there's nothing for him to get over he's just gonna do a bunch of stuff marco got more over by taking those crazy bumps than than archer did in my opinion
0: Mm, i mean i don't know if he got more over but you know he's he's a charismatic dude so he's gonna you know he's gonna get over just by being in the ring um what do you think about this TNT tournament that they're doing? Seems like kind of the wrong time to do this. I don't know why they're, they're doing it now, but, uh, you have, um, what on one side, you have Sean Spears against Cody and then Sammy Guevara against, um, against Darby Allen. Mm -hmm. So that's one side of the bracket. And then the other side of the bracket is Kip Sabian and Dustin, and then Lance Archer and Colt Cabana not exactly with that the roster of those guys in I'm not exactly sure what this title is supposed to be like but uh, you know I don't know if if it means that we're going to get the lance archer and cody match that we were that that they're trying to push with Jake the Snake or if they're going to throw us a little bit of a of a wrench and uh, a wrench in the plans and have lance archer against maybe Darby Allen mm-hmm. uh I don't I don't I don't know yeah, uh, I, I it seems like those two are the are the ways to go but I, I'm sure still not sure if I know what this championship is going to be
1: yeah I think there's four technically four favorites you got Cody you got Sammy Guevara. you got Darby Allen and Archer I can see you know winning the the belt um it's just a like a television title right um that's all that's all it feels like to me a tv title um, I'm sure we'll know more as the the champ gets crowned, and then I'm sure there'll be a time limit, special time limit for these matches and all that, because you know Cody loves the old school stuff, and um, I'm I'm cool with it. You know, I, you know I don't really think they need a second title, though. Honestly, I think especially with the roster they have, I think it's not needed at this time. But there's also a little carny in it too, because like you're naming the belt after the network you're on. So mm-hmm. you know it's, you get the network into it and excited and you know, they're already excited for this promotion already, but this gives a little extra, a little extra, like thank you for them and get some pumped up. So I, I get that angle too. Um, maybe if situations were different, it had their access to the full washer, there'd be different people in it. Like, I mean, you have Sean Spears coming out and he's like in 2000, in 2020, his record's one and six, <laughs> right? Well, now he's two and seven because he did get the f- pinfall in this match.
0: And he's the and worst it. gambler of all time.
1: Yes. He's the, yeah. He's, and he's just goofing off in there. Oh, that match is so frustrating a lot of times. But there's some good stuff there with Sammy and Darby. I really like Darby. I like watching him. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch. But uh, yeah, so I, you know, I, it's okay it's okay i'm not super hyped on it um but i like i said if things were different i think they would have maybe held it off i think they still held it off like why 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 do it maybe they just needed like a tournament's
0: easy to fill fill time for a few weeks too so yeah and but the winner is supposed to be crowned at the pay-per-view which is probably not happening it's not gonna happen i mean i have i have tickets and if they said the pay-per-view's on i'm not going (laughs) like there's no way (laughs) Yeah, yeah, not yeah. It's not the time, you know.
1: It's definitely yeah. It's not. They're gonna cancel it. They're gonna cancel it and put it off. Um, I guarantee that. So yeah, they're gonna have to. So they'll probably do it on television, just like
0: you know, NXT had to do takeover on television. By the way, I'm gonna be sad watching Ciampa and Gargano in an empty arena, knowing how much better that match should be with a crowd. I'm sad for all the matches. Wait till you see the ladder match next week. <laughs> yeah, I'll but I'm, I'm not looking forward to that match, though, like I am to, to this one. Like, no, this I get one is, it. But I'm just saying, like, those poor girls are going to take some wild bumps in front of nobody. <laughs> yeah, I like, don't know why. Just, I don't mean, I, I, can't you change it at this point to just do something else? Like, I mean, I guess you can't now, but... No. Like, it just seems like doing that match is is uh, a little, I don't know, oh, Wow. I unnecessary.
1: I just hope they didn't take too many chances and with their bodies, and they was able to work it a little smarter. But my guess is those all those women are hungry to make an impression, and a lot of those girls are, you know, large like like Chelsea Green. She's just being featured now, so I'm sure she's gonna do something crazy, and you know, just to kind of get her you know noticed and momentum behind her, and you know, etc. So I'm a little a little worried about those gals in that match. But, yeah, you're right, Ciampa and, and all those, like, listen, a lot of these matches, it's, like, bummed that it's in front of nobody. Same thing with, like I said earlier with, you know, I'm looking forward to it in some ways, but, like, you know, I wish Drew and Brock was in front of a big crowd.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, but just say, like, we're, we're, we're doing Gargano and Ciampa in, in front of 600,000 people. Like, just, what well, can't we just save these matches? I don't I don't get it. I know,
1: I know. This is such a frustrating time. We, I mean, we, No one's ever had to deal with something like this before. And, you know, maybe when it, oh God, I hope this doesn't happen again. But like, you know, what happens when this virus comes back and mutates and, you know, hopefully then we'll have some kind of a, a vaccine that kind of helps prevent it. But, you know, like what, what happens if it doesn't? Like where, at my work now, like, you know, I'm working from home. Uh, I was trying to end up trying to work, all week, all month from home. But unfortunately you know, certain people, it was just, would just cause a lot of drama of me getting special treatment over people and you know, other people, et cetera. So we're doing like a trade off basically. And, mm-hmm. um, but like I started talking about today, like, okay, so like all these experts who I actually listen to and believe when they talk, uh, are saying that this is something that will come back in the wintertime. Right. You know, if we, if we beat it now and get, you know, it, they it will come back and in, in, in wintertime. So like maybe around that time we'll be doing this again. Will we be doing, um, you know how or our company be you know having people work from home or and this and that during that mm-hmm, time. And mm-hmm. so it's just it's going to change. This this thing is you know hopefully we'll we'll, we'll flatten the curves sooner than later and and uh, but it's, we're still going to be dealing with this all year.
0: I mean, it sounds like California is doing pretty well but then there's the report out of sacramento that you know over 70 people were infected because mm-hmm. they were still going to church <laughs> like <laughs> stay man. home stay home yeah. <laughs> like the virtual sermons are great like you like that stuff is so is, 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 is you know you don't you don't have to 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 congregate like just just do it from your computer
1: yeah yeah that's sad that's sad hope everyone's um, okay that
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, last thing here, uh, unless you wanted to talk more about the main event. um, (laughs) I don't want to talk about that match. (laughs) uh, Last thing here is uh, we rewatch Triple H versus Benoit versus the heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 20, which is currently on its way to being in the final four of our WrestleMania matches tournament. Watching it back, I don't know when's the last time you watched it, but what was there anything that stood out that you didn't remember? You were sort of surprised about just the way these guys looked. I mean, obviously with Benoit, you know, we're not watching Chris Benoit's greatest matches DVDs these days. Um, I, I, the match was still really great. Um,
1: the emotion of that crowd was gave me goosebumps. Um, uh, that's. You know, it's definitely a univ- just a universal, passionate crowd to see a one winner of that match. And um, to the point where they would give Shawn Michaels, the beloved character, you know, heat for just, you know, taking advantage of and trying to get the win over Benoit or Triple H. Um, I thought the work was just so good. And it's, I know, like, you know, wrestling evolves sometimes I think, God, is it really evolving or do, de- you know, devolving? De- <laughs> cause, cause like I see they, they, they do this, the littlest things that I don't see much in today's wrestling. Just for example, early on, um, before Triple H takes the first German suplex from, uh, Chris Benoit, like his feed into that German suplex was like Perfect. Like he was perfectly timed, you know. You know, walk back into the and didn't get caught in a German. Like it was just so perfect. Um, Sean Michaels um, and Ben Benoit struggling, struggling for a backslide. Like that stuff you don't see anymore. You see guys quickly get in and out of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, um, struggling to get out of the sharpshooter that goes into the uh, slingshot into the corner. Um, just, just. Just that's the stuff I loved watching about this match is all the little details that these veterans, these guys have been doing it forever, like do so well, the small things. And and today I see a lot of veterans who have a lot of years in the wrestling business, a lot of matches in their belt, and they're just not as good as these guys. And we talk about them as being great wrestlers and like Really, I don't know if they really hold a a candle to these guys, or even in the same league of these guys. And um, you know, it's I can watch a Crispin Wall match. I'll tell you, I stopped it after he won. Mm
0: -hmm. I I didn't
1: didn't want to see the celebration either. No, I didn't want to. I did not want to see that at all. That's 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 different for me. I don't know why I can sit there and watch a a Crispin Wall match and not even thinking about the murders. But yeah, that you know, I just can't get past that point when to see his son and I and 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 women so um and her Nancy Sullivan and but yeah man but Benoit though seeing his work ethic the only thing that kind of like brought me back to the documentary was the headbutt yep me too that just that just brought me back to that and um but but god I used to love that move it's my favorite move on the top rope and also the chops like Ben like throwing the leather like booms like this I, I love the sound of Ben chopping someone it just it just pumps me up like I want to go chop people like in my office like I watched it at lunch break I'm like I'm gonna just nail someone but uh, uh you know it was just uh it was a great match great drama Jim Ross was Jim Ross at his very best and everyone in that match the referee Triple H Shawn Michaels. Jim Ross, even Jerry Lawler all working their damnedest
0: to get Chris Benoit wall over. It mm-hmm. was pretty cool. So a couple things that stood out to me, uh Triple H is puffy as uh, as all heck and, and you know, you look at him today and he's uh, you know, he he's he's cut, he's big, but he's also uh you know he he's still ripped and in this match he's not ripped at all. He's kind of he's just bulky. Like so, so that was shocking because I forgot that his body changed a lot back then. Do you do you think he was maybe dealing with an injury? I don't I don't know going in. I, only yeah yeah I don't know. I mean because he was still big right. Mm-hmm. Like he was he was still big guy, but he wasn't as cut as you remember him necessarily. There's a couple of WrestleManias where he's not as cut as as he even is today. Like he's this he's was, a pretty cut
1: guy. The Triple H wanted to be Triple H, Ric Flair, right? So he had like the clean shave, shave shaven face, and stuff. So that was, and I always thought the white boots was jarring too,
0: like Mm -hmm. him wearing white boots. Mm -hmm. It was so funny because I think it was jarring for Jim Ross because he had mentioned the white boots. Yeah. The other thing, and and this plays so well into these Triple H matches from this time period, is that the hardcore fans and the fans that are following very closely know that he's married to the boss's daughter right mm-hmm. so they know that he has the advantage of you know being someone who's trustworthy and who vince is going to turn to and and because he's also really good so there's all there was always this thing and and this happens at um this happens at 21 and it happens at 22 as well, which is the whole idea. And, and this is what also makes the, the matches against The Undertaker re- really dramatic, which is in the back of your mind, you're wondering okay, is Triple H going to win this match just because he's Triple H? Mm-hmm. Or is his Triple H going to actually put this guy over? And so, Even, you know, as a fan, knowing that you're that close to to the thing and knowing that he's Vince McMahon's son-in-law, in in the back of your mind, you're like, this guy's not going to put Chris Benoit over. Vince is not going to do it because he knows he's got Triple H and Triple H is, you know, and so... As a hardcore fan, you're sort of fighting that part if, you, if you're if you a Benoit fan and you want Benoit to win. So whenever they tease the near falls with Triple H or whenever he gets to the ropes and he doesn't tap, you're like, oh, he's going to win this match. I knew it. I should have never bought into Benoit. And then the finish happens and then you're super pumped. So like it kind of works for the match with these Triple H matches in that you, he was so dominant Uh, before this time that you just expected that he was going to he was going to come away as the winner. And and so him being the one uh, to tap to Benoit was was awesome. And then uh, at like and then at 21, right, he he puts over Batista and then he puts over Cena. But the same thing, you're just wondering, you know, is he really going to put these guys over? And that works. That totally works for the hardcore fan watching this match. And it worked for me
1: in 2000. When I was watching this for the first time in 2004, I always had in the back of my mind, like, are they really going to put Chris Benoit over? And I think I remember even reading, like, you know, uh, Big Dave Observer, yeah. Yeah, talking about it, that their plan is to go all the way with Benoit and et cetera. And and I was at the same same time, it's always like, they can always make a last minute change, right? Yeah. And so. Or hold it off for uh, down the line, maybe not for WrestleMania or something. But uh, no, they 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 uh, they did it, and you gotta you gotta tip your cap off tap cap to uh, Triple H and Vince for making that call. Uh, where they failed was was mostly the post match because yeah, the follow up the follow up was uh, you know Benoit was you know world champion, but Triple H was still the star of the show. And like I said, even the backlash buildup, which by the way, I think the backlash match. Is even better than the WrestleMania match. I think it's like a click or two bit better, even though they both have the same emotion because you know yeah. when, when uh, Ben Wall locks on the sharpshooter to finish off Shawn Michaels in the triple threat match um at Backlash, like that was a big emotional response from that, yeah, the Canadian crowd to see that, right? That they felt that was revenge for what happened to Bret Hart. Oh yeah. Um but like like the memory, I never forget the build-up, like the the lead in, like Ben Wall's on the right, Michael's on the left. And then Triple H is, you know, in the center. And it's like Triple H was still the focus. It's still Mm -hmm. the guy you got to beat and get through, you know, instead of the opposite of where I should be, Benoit. uh, That
0: that show also has the awesome Foley and Orton match. Yeah,
1: my favorite hardcore match of all time.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, you know what also
1: stood out about this match as well? Was just hearing Howard Finkel. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. No one... He was the best, and he that was just with that voice. Like he made these matches feel that much more important. So it's I really missed. I really missed the Fink out there.
0: Yeah, no, it was fun watch and. Uh, it's been really fun doing this WrestleMania stuff in, in the time of no news and, and trying to create conversation in our group, but it's been fun for me cause it gives me something to do to take a break from like work, uh, and, and working so much. It's like, ah, oh, you know, I can put together this fun tournament and, you know, I uh, give a shout out to our, our, our buddy, Jeremy, who's, who's helped me with this. And he's, uh, he's putting, he's putting it in, in spreadsheets and I mean, in, in, uh, in tournament brackets so that i could see it a lot clearly so shout out to jeremy and also um yeah just the group in general like it's been you know i think we've been kind of keeping each other company so it's been good and uh our uh, our buddy tim got vince russo to cut a promo on us today (laughs) that was freaking hilarious (laughs) That was cool i
1: like that he did He, he he put over carla though that was that was awesome
0: yeah yeah so uh so yeah so um yeah, you know, the group is there. Join it if you're interested. We're, we're, we have a lot of fun in there. And, you know, there's lots of news in there. And, you know, sometimes when we, then when there's a question, I'll hit up uh, Big Dave on the bat phone and, and get the answer in there. So a little Rock. little bit of a perk of the group. I think that I have a feeling we're going to have a bunch of cameos, <laughs> you know, like
1: cameo videos. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Popping up because uh, that was... That was funny. That was that was that was fun to hear. And I don't know what his stick is like. That you just pay to have him rip on you. Is that what it is?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think he said you he, he, you're you're only given like a three hundred character synopsis that you send him, and then he just riffs off of off of that. <laughs> funny. All right. So uh, like I said, John and I will be back probably Sunday night. And then if we are going to be back Sunday night, then I'm going to try to bring on my buddy Jason. Uh, we go way back on Saturday nights. So we'll have uh, podcasts this weekend. You will be overly inundated with WrestleMania 36 in uh, in the uh the social distancing wrestlemania hopefully we don't have to do this but this year this is the only wrestlemania that we'll have to do this with uh hopefully for uh you know for our time at least
1: I wonder what highlights they are going to get from the show the show in the future on stuff well
0: were they, were they were they just I, like not- i i feel like they're just going to forget the show ever happened that's what i feel
1: yeah i mean they like it drew wins and are they gonna show in the opening of the you know like him holding the title yeah just 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 just, uh but i'm sure they can do
0: creative camera shots for all that yeah all right uh for john i'm double g we will see you when we see you peace out